Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballon in one of the Sunday morning services. Open door is a scriptural term that quite often we come across in the Word of God. You know, as I was preparing for this sermon this morning, Spirit of God put this so deep in my mind to analyze, to understand what is really open door means to a child of God. And this morning we are just going to spend a couple of minutes understanding what is really open door means. As I go through the scripture, there are a couple of open doors that I came across from the word of God. Number one is the open door of salvation. Number two, open door to preach the word of God, to preach the truth or the gospel. Number three, open door to serve God. Number four, open door of rapture. Number five, open, God opened the prison door for his children. Number six, an open door that no one can shut. You know, the question this morning may be, Lord, how these open doors are going to affect my life? What these open doors are going to tell me this morning that what you are about to do in my life or you are about to begin in my life or you are about to bring that change that I'm looking for in my life. And in that context, Lord, really what, what it means to say that what, what open door is in my life. And this morning I believe the Spirit of God can open our minds and our hearts to reveal what scripture really means by saying open door. The question, obvious question that all of us have is when a door is opened, how do we know that this door is opened by God? You know, as we live on this earth, there are many doors which are open in front of us, but we are not sure whether all the doors are opened by God or it is my flesh or it is the world that is offering this door or this way to me. But the question this morning that you and I have as we are about to ask this question to the word of God is, how do I know which is the door that is opened by God? And eventually, this is what I expect at the end of the sermon we should be getting. Open door really talks about the kind of opportunities they are available for us as we live on this earth. What are the various opportunities those are available when we live on this earth? You know, God has kept many blessings for each and every one of us. And some of us already experienced those blessings and some of us may not experience those blessings yet in our lives. But as we study the scripture, the scripture is going to tell us this morning what are the various opportunities that God has made available for us. Scripture also tells us what exactly God wants us to do. That means, what is the will of God in my life? Scripture is also helping us to understand what is the hope for tomorrow. I have the open door in front of me. Now if I enter through the open door, how my future is going to be? What is the hope for tomorrow? Open door is also reminding us that there is a time frame. The door is going to be open. That means the door may be shut after some time. There are certain doors. God's word says that nobody can shut, the word, uh, shut those doors. But then God has a control over those doors to shut those doors. So it eventually tells us that the time available is limited. And God is asking us this morning that we need to make use of the opportunities that are available in front of us. 
when the door is open god wants us to enter into those doors and receive the blessings of those doors or god wants us to do the will of god when the door is kept open because the door is about to uh, about to be shut and there will be a time in the past, in, in the future that even if we wish the door may not open because the door is already shut and this morning this is what god i believe god is about to do in our lives over here number 1 the door that we talked about is the open door of salvation open door of salvation john chapter 10 verse 9 says jesus said in fact in john chapter 10 verse 9 i am the door if anyone enters by me he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture you can imagine a shepherd holding all his sheep inside a room and early in the morning when he opens the door the sheep will walk out of the door in order to find pasture and jesus said here jesus said i am the door if anyone enters by me you need to consider jesus christ as the door so jesus is the door and god is asking us that we need to enter through jesus you know you may you may have a question how can i enter through jesus how is it possible that we can enter through jesus because jesus is saying he himself is the door he himself is the door you know when jesus came to this world his own people they did not understand that he is the door you know there were many doors available at that at that point of time in in israel people were going through many different doors as a ritual every day and every every day as they come together to worship god but they never realized that jesus was the door that they are supposed to enter in and jesus said i am the door you know when the door was opened the door was opened at the cross if you remember when jesus gave his life at the cross when he allowed himself to be broken at the cross you know that was the point of time the door jesus was opened at the cross you know when you go to an airport airport i want you to understand this when you go to an airport when you walk into the airport there is a main door all of us can walk into the airport even if you are coming there to see off some some of your friends you can still walk into the main door of the airport but there is another gate that will help you to get into get into the flight that's a boarding gate do you think all of us can walk through the boarding gate the flight no not all of us can walk through only those who are holding the tickets they can or the boarding pass they can walk through the gate that will help them to board the flight you know today jesus is still telling jesus is telling us anyone can walk through this door anyone can walk through this door the only reason god sent jesus to this world was anyone can walk through this door you know ultimate go door the door that helps to get the airplane get into the airplane or the door or the gate that helps to board the airplane was not available for everyone the heaven door is not available for everyone only those who enter through jesus can get access to the heavenly door you know when we enter through jesus he gives us a boarding pass and what is the boarding pass that's the 
salvation. Salvation is the boarding pass. When we enter through Jesus, we receive the boarding pass. You know, as we enter into the parking lot, you press the button, you get, you get the ticket. The same way, as you access Lord Jesus Christ, as we come to Lord Jesus Christ, as we walk through him, receiving the precious salvation, we get, this, we get a ticket, we get a boarding pass, that's salvation. And you need to go, take this ticket, and go to the heaven door, and show the tickets there, and then only we can really board the flight. Then only we, then only we are allowed to get into heaven. In Romans 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 13 says, Romans 10, chapter 10, 10 verse 13 for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved it doesn't matter who that person may be who that individual may be what nationality what race he belongs to what religion he belongs to you know that's the reason there are many Christians they are living in secret they may not be able to like come to the church like worship like us but they are called secret Christians because they have walked through Jesus Christ. They have opened the door on their life one day and they walked through the door of Lord Jesus Christ because he is the open door available for everybody. You don't need to really come to a church to get, to get, get saved. You need to kneel down wherever we are and you need to call upon the name of Lord Jesus Christ. He gets access to enter through that open door. So once we enter through the open door, we get a ticket to heaven. And when we go to heaven, the heaven door will automatically open for us. You know, number one open door that God has kept for mankind is the open door of salvation. Number two open door is the open door to preach the truth. The open door to preach the truth. You know, scripture talks about this open door because we are living in a time the open door is getting shut in many parts of the globe. You know, if we understand the Old Testament, the laws that God gave to Moses, the laws are for the entire mankind. The laws are for the entire mankind. When God, Moses gave those laws, they are for the entire mankind. The gospel of Lord Jesus Christ was for the non-believers. And the truth or the, 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 the blessed teachings of the word of God are for the believers. Do you make the difference? Do you see the difference there? The law of God are for the entire mankind. Do not murder. Do not coward. Do not steal. The law that God gave is available, is applicable for the entire mankind. You know, that's the reason people still use Bible as a good teaching tool. It gives you the way we need to live on this earth. The most of the Old Testament law gives us and helps us to walk in the right direction. The law was given for the entire mankind. When Moses was receiving the law from God Almighty, he came and he gave it to the people of God as they were wandering in the wilderness. Gospel of Lord Jesus Christ is today given or preached to the non-believers because they need to listen to this precious gospel in order to be saved. But once we are saved, once we are brought into the church, we need to give the Bible teachings, the precious truths that are hidden in the word of God need to be taught for the believers. In the scripture, when it says open door to preach the truth, I believe the truth refers to all these three, the law which was given, the gospel that is preached, and the, and the precious Bible teachings that we read from the gospel as well as from the epistles. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12 says, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12, Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, 
and the door was opened to me by the Lord. Paul was saying when he came to a particular city, when he was about to preach the gospel, he found the door was opened. The door was open. You know, when we see open door for gospel, there are a couple of people that were willing to receive the gospel. There are not many people they are hindering the word of God, but they are, there is a willingness to accept and to receive the word of God. In Colossians 4, chapter 4, verse 3, he says, Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word, to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains. Paul was asking the church in Colossae to pray for Paul so that God may open the door to preach the word of God, to preach the gospel. You know, today it is very important that the gospel door is kept open. Now, many part of the globe, as I said, the gospel door is getting shut. But we thank God for the country that we are living in today. The gospel door is still kept open. You know, the gospel is very precious today. The truth, the word of God, is very precious the gospel and the truth need to be preached you know that's the kind of ministry that we have in the television it is a good ministry to preach the word of God to preach the gospel to the if the people who are living in the maritime provinces you know God has given us that opportunity to preach the gospel to preach the word of God we don't know how many days that that opportunity is still going to be available for us but right now that opportunity is available it is in our hands it is important that we need to take that opportunity Gospel and truth need to be preached. But as Paul says, a door has to be opened by the Lord. You know, Lord has to open the door for us to preach the gospel, for us to share the truth, the word of God. And Paul was asking the churches to do what? To pray. To pray so that God may open the door for the gospel you know only prayer can open the door for the gospel and the door for the truth you know i will about to, I am about to show some of the statistics around the world and you will understand the need of prayer at this moment you know unless you and i stand in a gap and pray to god and to intercede the gospel door is getting narrower and narrower you know, the moment we start losing the battle, the moment we start failing to pray, the gospel door is becoming narrower and narrower. You know, as we understand, God by himself cannot do anything on this earth unless he finds a man who is standing in the gap. Unless he finds a man who is standing in the gap. You know, on the day when children of Israel were worshipping the other gods in the wilderness, God was about to destroy the people of God. But God couldn't do it. Why? God couldn't do it. Why? Because one man of God who was standing in the gap. You know, one part of this ministry, one part of our ministry is the prayer conference ministry. And I don't know how many of you know what is going on in the prayer conference, but this is what is going on in the prayer conference. They pray for all of our needs. They pray for all their families and all their needs. But they also pray. They also stand in the gap and cry to God and pray to God, Lord, keep the gospel door open, Lord. You know, it is very important, you know, what we pray today. It is very important than the ministry that we are involved with. It is very important because what we do here, it is having a global impact. Somewhere there down the line, somewhere in, in far country, the gospel door is kept open because such and such a person 
prayed in the prayer conference. Such a group is standing in the gap and asking God, Lord, you keep the gospel door open. In our times, we don't understand. Why do we need to ask God? Why do we need to pray to God for God to keep the gospel door open? That's what scripture says. Paul was asking the church in Colossae, please pray for me so that the door is kept open. I can preach the gospel and I can preach the word of God. It is important today that we stand in the gap and ask God, Lord, keep the door open. Keep the door open. You know, when the door is open, there may be more souls will be saved. They can escape the hell and they can get on to the heaven. As I said, the gospel door is closing across the globe. As you see that right now in the picture there, <coughs> all the dots you see, the, all the maroon dots or the red dots, are the nations which we call it as the restricted nations. Not all of them are restricted nations. Some of them are called hostile or unfriendly nation to the gospel. Or even some of those nations are called monitored nations. This is part of the statistics in the voice of the martyr. If you look at that, I believe that three-fourths of the nations, in terms of at least population, Three-fourths of the nations are either they are restricted nations for the gospel or they are hostile nations for the gospel or they are the monitored nations. Means any move that you try to go in public and preach the gospel, you are monitored, you are noted. You can be called at any time and, and, and you, are, you can be questioned. They are either restricted or hostile, unfriendly or monitored nations. See, the gospel door is closing. Some of the nations in Asia, the gospel door is getting closed, as you see there. Some of the nations in, 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 in Africa, the gospel door is getting closed. Even in some of the nations in South America, they are under the monitored nations or they are hostile for the gospel. You know, the door of gospel is becoming narrower and narrower. You know, as we see the scripture, as we see this picture, you know, God is telling the church this morning something I believe strongly. That you and I need to pray that so that God may open this gospel door available, kept open for the people of God to go and preach the word of God. As you see in the next slide. We see there, even though they are 32 or high or very high, the percentage of countries where the religion is restricted or gospel is restricted. In terms of population, you see 70 percentage are restricted, very high or high, where you cannot freely preach the gospel. Three-fourths of the nation, as I said, they are very well falling under those categories. You know, this morning, we are living in a country where gospel can be freely preached. But then God is making each and every one of us responsible to stand in the gap for those nations where gospel door is getting closed. The number two that door that we talked about is the open door that God has kept for the word of God to be preached. Number three door. Open door to serve God. Open door to serve God. You know, God has given the commission to each and every one of us to serve him. To serve him. God has kept the door in our lives open so that we may serve God. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9 we read. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9. For a great and effective door has opened to me. And there are many adversaries. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth saying. 
for great and effective door has opened for me to serve God. But there are many adversaries. There are many oppositions I already face as a minister. You know, God Almighty has called every one of us because he has kept the door open in our lives so that we may serve God. You know, if we delay to serve God, the door may be shut in our lives. And this morning, God is telling us that this is time that we need to serve God. You know, a great door to serve God Almighty. But in the meantime, there are many oppositions. There are many people who do not like us serving Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I would like to take you to the, the Old Testament passage we read in Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 to 23. I, I don't think we are going to read, there, read that right now, but you can just listen to me. From the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, verses 1, and 1 to 23. As Nehemiah was called to build a wall around Jerusalem, we also see there was a great opposition to the work of God. Sanballat and Tobias, they came against the man of God. They are against the work of God. You know, their only aim was the door may be shut, that they may drop the work of God and move away from that place. You know, today the enemy is trying his level best to shut the work of God so that he can take control over the lives of the people. You know, Nehemiah was a man of God. He was so bold and he was serving God because he knew very well that he was called to serve. You know, if we know, if we know that Jesus Christ has called us to serve God Almighty, if we know that God has called us to accomplish something in our lives, the enemy certainly will oppose us. The enemy will certainly oppose us. Because call of God is something that is about to destroy the enemy's kingdom. The call of God in our lives, God has given us this call basically directly to come against the work of the enemy, to destroy the work of the works of the enemy in order to gain souls for God's kingdom. You know, number one, as we read, I just want to categorize that into two aspects. Nehemiah chapter 4 verses 1 to 23. If we know, as I said, Jesus Christ has called us to do some work, to the work of God. Enemy is right there opposing us. What kind of oppositions that we may face today? Number one, the anger of people against us. You know, people are angry with us because they don't want us to serve God. The enemy is angry against us and the enemy motivates people to get angry with us so that we don't serve God. Nehemiah faced that. When Sambalat and Dobeah, they came running to Nehemiah, they were, they were very angry. How can you do this work? Who, asked, who gave you the permission to build a wall around Jerusalem? You know, they were very angry. And they were mocking at Nehemiah and the group. Mockery and sarcasm was part of it. Discouragement, exhaustion, threats and intimidation, negativism, fear, and you know, all these things come against the people of God when we try to do the will of God, when we try to serve. Paul was saying, I see a great door open in front of me to serve God Almighty, but I also see many adversaries. There are many things against me. But you know what? What was their approach? You know, I like as we read the word of God in the book of Nehemiah, the approach of the people of God there is very, very important. You know, the way they were responding, the opposition of the enemy. They did a couple of things there. Next slide. 
they lifted their voices in prayer. They all lifted their voices in prayer. They, when they knew there was a great opposition, you know what they did? They joined together in prayer. They joined together to pray. You know, when we feel that God's work is facing opposition, the first thing we need to do is we need to lift up our voices in prayer. Number two, they put their hearts in the work of God. The more the enemy was opposing, the more they were doing the work of God. Are you listening to me? The more the enemy was opposing, the more they were putting their hearts in the work of God. Number three, they kept their eyes on the enemy in vigilance. What does it mean? They were just always looking whether the enemy is coming, when the enemy is coming. And number four, they kept their minds focused in the Lord. You know, when enemy comes against us, God is telling us that we need to pray. We need to pray more. We need to focus, put our hearts in the work of God rather than thinking something else. And we need to keep our eyes open so that we need to be watchful when the enemy is doing something in the work of God to destroy the work of God. And we need to set our minds on Lord God. When they did all this together, the opposition came down. The opposition was brought down, but God's work was increasing. The wall was built around Jerusalem. The number three door that we talked about is God has kept an open door for us to serve him. You know, whatever opportunity that God has given us, giving us, we need to serve God today. The number four door that is kept to open is the door of rapture. Is the door of rapture. Now if you read one verse from the book of Revelation, Revelation 4, verse 1. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. You know, as John was seeing what is about to come in the future, as God was showing that to John, in Revelation chapter 1, God gave an introduction to all the seven churches, and he confirmed the call of God on John, the apostle, to reveal certain things to him, which are about to take place. And in chapter 2 and 3, God was writing, the Spirit of God was asking John to write the letter to the seven different churches. And when John wrote all the letters for the seven churches, in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. A door standing open in heaven. And those who are you know, part of the Bible study, the Revelation Bible study, we know very well the rapture takes place between chapter 3 and chapter 4. The book of Revelation between chapter 3 and chapter 4 is the rapture. When John begins chapter 4, the church is already in heaven. There are a couple of reasons we talked about. We don't go through all this now. Why do we say the rapture has already taken place there? Rapture has already taken place and the church is in heaven. And asking John, God is asking, Spirit of God is asking John to have a look above now. He has been looking down. He has been looking different churches in Asia Minor as the Spirit of God was showing what is going on in those churches. But now suddenly the Spirit of God is asking John to look above. And John is looking above and this is what he saw there. He saw, after these things I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. That's the door of rapture. 
You know, I really thank God for the door of rapture. That God is keeping the door open for you and me. So that I don't need to go through the tribulation. If the door is not open for you and me today. If the door is not open for the church today. We need to go through the tribulation. But thank God. God will take the church before the tribulation breaks open on this earth. And we are talking about the door, open door of rapture. We read that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 to 18. Word of God says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Let me see who are all believing in rapture. Do you believe in rapture? Let me see your hands. Some of us are doubtful. Yes. We need to believe in rapture. Rapture is scriptural. As we read in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, let's listen to the scripture carefully. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and who? The dead in Christ will rise first. The dead in Christ will rise first. And then scripture says, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. We're talking about, Paul is writing about the rapture doors which is kept open. You know, today the rapture door is kept open for the church. The moment the church is about to be taken up into the heaven, the tribulation is going to break open on the face of this earth. So the number four door is the rapture door. Number five door, the fifth door that we are talking about this morning is the opened prison door. Apostles, they were imprisoned by the Roman officials. And as we read in Acts chapter 5, verses 19 and 20, the angel of the Lord opened the prison door and brought the apostles out of the prison and said, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people the words of this life. What does it mean? Scripture tells us God sent his angel to open the prison door. We read that again in Acts chapter 16. As Paul and Silas were thrown into the prison on that day. At the middle of the night, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And scripture says, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake in the prison. So that the foundations were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and every chain was were loosed. And the prisoners came out of the prison. You know, we see a door which is open in the prison, in the middle of bondages, in the middle of struggles, in the middle of, you know, all the discouragements, all the pains that we go through in our lives. God is about to open a door, which is a kept, kept open door in a prison cell. You know, can you imagine any time having a bunch of prisoners inside the prison cells and keeping the door open? God can do it in our lives. You know, in our lives, God can do that. You know, when we go through, when we are bound with so many things in our lives, you know, our God is mighty and God is about to send an angel to keep the prison door open so that we will have freedom to walk in, to deliver us and to set us free. The prison door is open, kept open today in order to deliver us, to set us free. On that night, Paul and Silas were, you know, worshiping God in the prison. 
The reason why God sent an angel to keep the door, prison door open, I believe there is only one reason, so that they may go out and preach the gospel again. On that night when angel, say, angel was sent to the prison cell to get the apostles out of the prison, only one reason, so that you know, they'll be brought out, they will come out and do the work of God. You know, the only deliverance you and I expect in our lives is when God delivers us, we are back on track working for God. We are back on track, you know, we setting on fire for God. We are back on track and doing and preaching the word of God to deliver us, to set us free so that we may continue to do the work of God. We may continue to preach the gospel. You know, there is a door that God has kept open for each and every one of us. And that's the door of deliverance. And that's the door of deliverance. You know, God is leading this church. God is leading all of us, you know, towards a point of deliverance where we will be totally delivered and we will be available to serve God. It is true that the prison door, there is a door in the prison, but the door is not closed. The door is kept open. And God wants us to escape out of the door. You know, on that night when the door was open in the prison, they were not ready to get out of the prison. Because they knew very well they're supposed to be inside the prison until an official comes and, you know, release them. But you know what, angel of God? He went and woke him up. And he said, come on, the door is already kept open. Just get out from this place. Escape from this place. You know, sometimes we have a tendency, even after God delivers us, you know, we tend to sit there. Even after God delivers us, we have a tendency of just being found there in that place of bondage. But this morning, God is telling us that once God set the door open, once the prison door is open, God wants you and me to escape out of it. Just run away from that so that we can go out and be effectively used by God. The final door that God is talking about this morning is an open door that no one can shut. An open door that no one can shut. We read that in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. God, looking at the church, which he calls as a faithful church, the church of Philadelphia, and this is what the angel of God, the, the, the spirit of God is writing to the angel or the pastor of the church. And he says, these things say, says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. And he says, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it for you. Shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word and have not denied my name. God found three things precious in their lives of the believers of the church of Philadelphia. What are they? They had little strength. They had little strength and they kept their word, kept God's word. And they have never not denied their faith or their, the name of God Almighty. And God looked into this church and God said, I have an open door which is kept in front of you. And no one can open it, no one can shut it. Because who has the keys? Who has the key? Let's read Isaiah chapter 22 verse 22. The key of the house of David, I will lay on his shoulder. So he shall open and no one shall shut. And he shall shut and no one shall open. You know, prophecy was spoken concerning Lord Jesus Christ. He has authority. He has the key 
to open and to shut. You know, that's the reason when we pray against the devil, when we come against the, the bondage of the bondage for deliverance, we pray, Lord, we bind. Because we know what is, bind, what is bound in the earth is bound in heaven. Because we know our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, he has authority to bind and to release. He has an authority to open and he has an authority to shut the door. And this morning, God is reminding us, you know, whatever door that God has kept open in our lives, at times the enemy makes an attempt to shut those doors. But this morning, Spirit of God is telling us that he cannot do anything because the key, the one who has the key, has an ultimate authority over that door which is kept open in front of you in your life. And the door that no one can shut. If God opens the door for you, no one can shut the door. But you know what? At times in our lives, God is asking us to knock the door. At times we find the door is closed in front of us. God wants us to knock the door until the door is opened for us. You know, certain times we may wait on the Lord until we find the door is open in front of us. But once the door is open, no one can shut the door. You know, we need to be very careful today. The door we access when we live on this earth. We need to understand which are the doors that God has kept in our lives and which are the doors that are, are not of God. We need to know the door the, which is open in front of us by God. We need to know the doors which are opened by this world. And if we enter into the wrong door, you know, we are going to access the wrong place. So how do we know? This morning I believe this is important. How do we know which are the doors which are kept open by our God. Just want to, you know, give a couple of clues and before we close. How do we know if an open door is from God? You know, at times I struggle, you struggle in order to find out whether it is really from God. You know, when something comes on our way, we tend to analyze that and find out whether it is really from God. Not all the doors are opened by God. But when God opens a door, no one can shut the door. Number one reason or number one mechanism by which we can find if a door is opened by God. The door God opens will never contradict the word of God. The door God opens will never contradict with the word of God. Now I will give you some practical examples so you'll understand. Right? The one example I can give you is you know, God never opens a door for example, to make more money at the sacrifice of Sunday morning service, right? You know, some of us are tend to work on Sunday. We are forced to work. That's a different reason. But then sometimes, you know, we think that Sunday morning service, when you skip, it gives two times the salary. I don't think anybody gives. But then if we give, somebody gets, you know, the tendency, it's just an example, tendency to do, to go for that. But then God doesn't do things contradicting to the word of God. You know, some of the blessings, when we think that the blessing is coming from some place, but then if it is not the will of God, if it is not according to the word of God, that blessing is not really from God. You know, some of the blessings will come and those blessings won't stay in our lives. The way it comes, the way it goes. The reason is they are not from God because at times if we take time to understand, they are not from God. Number two example, God never opens a door for a new relationship with an unbeliever. 
God never opens a door for us to have a relationship with an unbeliever. What can maybe a partnership or a marriage relationship or whatever it may be. You know, sometimes we feel that it is God is opening a door. But then you know what? That my, that my future partner, he is not a believer or she is not a believer. God doesn't open doors that way. You know, when you get down to those doors, they won't be a blessing. They won't be a blessing. It's better to trust in the word of God. It is better to analyze that whether the door is from God or not. God will never tempt us to make a personal commitment or sorry, personal compromise or a disobedience to his word. God will never tempt us in that way. God will never tempt us because scripture says God doesn't tempt us with evil. God never tempts us with evil. It's we that we are enticed, we are tempted by our own desire. You know, when the door is opened, when you feel that you need to just give off your personal commitments to God, if we have to compromise in those areas, certainly that door is not from God. When God opens the door, it never contradicts to the word of God. Number two, how do we identify whether the door is from God or not? When God opens the door, he confirms that it is from God. He confirms that it is from God. Second Corinthians 13 verse 1 scripture says, By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. You know, that's the nature of our God. When God is putting something in your mind, when God is opening a door for you, the moment we have doubt in us, whether it is really from God or not, God confirms that. The way he confirms, through prayer, he confirms. Through preaching the word, he confirms. Through a counsel from a child of God, he confirms. Through dreams and visions, he confirms. You know, many times the confirmation is maybe for second time or even for third times. God confirms us. And then, you know, we have a boldness that we need to enter into this place. You know, I remember when we came to, when we decided to come to Canada. You know, God confirmed that through, 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 through two or three means by which God confirmed that, that this is the my will of God. You need to move. It is time that you need to get out of this place. You know, God confirms that in our lives if, if, the, if the door is opened by God. Number three, how do we identify whether the door is opened by God or not? The door God opens us to rely or depend on Him. The door God opens you know, it's very interesting that he wants us to depend on him. You know, sometimes we worried, we are afraid, we are worried, thinking that, Lord, you are asking me to do this. I'm not capable of doing this. I, can, I cannot do this. I'm not able to do it, Lord. You know, that's what is the door which is opened by God. If we think that we can do everything, we are no more depending on God. When God opens the door, he will make sure that we are depending on God. That means... God gives us big projects that we cannot handle it by our strength. God gives us to do big things for him because we cannot handle it. We are asked to depend and rely on the power of God. He makes either us to feel that we are so inferior to do the work of God. We are not at all skilled to do the work of God. Or he makes us to feel that the assignment is so big that we cannot handle. And you need to realize that it is really from God. And God will make sure that we see God for every step. And we, God makes sure that we wait on the Lord so that God may strengthen us. 
And God may give us more faith. He may stretch our faith. And he may make our faith so strong so that we can accomplish the purpose of God. When God opens the door, he makes sure that we depend on him. Finally, when God opens the door, there is no confusion but peace. Now these are a couple of reasons, a couple of methods through which we can understand if something is the will of God, something is opened by God in our lives. In 1 Corinthians 14, 33, scripture says, For our God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Our God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Now when God is opening an opportunity for us, when we pray about it, if God gives peace in our mind, that is from God. For example, when God opens a door for us to learn some of those scriptural truths. When we learn those scriptural truths and we are not sure whether we need to put that in practice or not. When we pray about it to God, God gives us peace about it. When God wants us to achieve something. You know what God wants us to achieve when we are confused. When we pray about it. If the confusion is removed and God's peace is filling us. It is God who wants us to achieve that. God wants us to move from one location to another location. When we pray about it, when God gives peace about it, it we know that it is from God. When God opens us and gives freedom in certain areas or restrictions in certain areas, when we feel comfortable about it, when we pray about it, when God gives peace to us, we know that it is sure far from God. And this morning, it is important for us to know that there is an open door in front of us. God wants us to enter into those open doors. And God wants us to know which are the doors open from God. If the door is opened by God, it will never contradict to the word of God. If God opens the door, he confirms it in our, in our lives two times or three times. If God opens the door, he wants us to depend and completely rely on him so that our faith will be stretched further. We will be more asked to depend on God's strength rather than our own strength. When God opens the door, there is no confusion at all. It's all peace. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.